Hi, I'm Melissa Shepard Williams, and I invite you to reflect on this pandemic year and how it's transformed our lives. It set the tone for the creation of this platform named Transforming the World Through Reflections. In it were many dynamic professionals meeting every month so that we could think out loud together about how to move through this experience. We supported each other through grief and through the creation of new ways of navigating life. Just connecting, we needed it. And we hope that the community listening to us felt supported, felt like they're not alone. That was our greatest hope. And so while we commemorate one year of this podcast, we also celebrate that we survived, that we were there for each other, and that we are creating together more and better ways of sustaining health on the other side of the pandemic. May this year of crisis be one of the most important invitations to go deeply into our healing, individually and collectively, so that we amplify our gifts and transform this world. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us again today for what we have called for now a year, transforming the world through reflections. Who knew that we would have these months of growth, reflection, challenges, and we've been here for each other on screen and in many other ways, thankfully, trying to build community as best as we can. And this podcast was an unexpected one with the whole intention of just supporting each other through this process. And here we are a year later, still together. And I'm so thankful for all of you who've tuned in to listen to our conversations and also to all of you on screen today who've accompanied me, we've accompanied each other throughout this year of global crisis. And so uh, I thank you infinitely for all that you've shared. I am going to begin by introducing all of you and myself to our community listening. My name is Melissa Shepard Williams, and, and now I'm going to go around the room introducing everyone here. I have here my dear Anaida Colón Muñiz, professor and uh, representing Boricua. Yes, Puerto Rico in the house. <laughs> we have also my dear Tife Griffin. Um, yes, I see that flag. Tife is an artist, I mean, in so many uh, ways, to the full extent of that word, writer, performer. Oh my goodness, uh, the list is endless. I'm so thankful that you're here, Tife. 
to share your perspective. Mwah. And I have a lovely, lovely colleague here, William Haddad, psychotherapist, also an artist. And so we've had such great conversations about where those two forms of art intersect. Thank you for being here, William. Another colleague, Makisha Lawrence. Dr. Lawrence, we, we've walked a long road together in this therapy world. And I, I'm so thankful you've joined us in these podcasts. I have another colleague here, Ebony Williams, beautiful psychotherapist and also faculty at Pacific Oaks College. Thank you so much for being here, Ebony. And Sherry Johnson, I mean, this is a room full of therapists, another therapist also from <laughs> Pacific Oaks College community. Ah, let's shift to more artists, other versions of artistry. Kay Benjamin, an amazing actor and uh, writer. So thankful that you're here with us. And Dairen Santa Maria, music in the house. The violin sings through her. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Another artist that we love and adore, Oscar Hernandez. Listen, the Salsa Village adores you. The Jazz Village adores you. The Danzong Village adores you. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you're here. And we have another artist, Tamika White, actor, and you know, such a beautiful uh, encourager of our communities through the arts. And Jake Ross, what a community mover and shaker. He is a director at the Department of Public and Social Services, and definitely someone committed to supporting the community in, in a wide range of ways. So I'm saying we have a room full of delicious people. Let's jump into this conversation. So Tife, please start us off. What are your reflections, the ones that stand out the most for you about this experience of the pandemic? Thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me. Um, I guess the biggest takeaway, if I will, if you will, is that the world was able to experience what I've always known and what I've always experienced as a writer, as I call myself a, a multi-hyphenated creative. Um, I spend an inordinate amount of time in my create space, in my workspace at home. Mm -hmm. um, it is my safe place. It is my happy place. And there was something unifying amongst my community, my personal and work community in knowing that they were experience, experiencing perhaps for the first time what I've experienced for decades. Mm. Um, and hopefully I was able to 
in, in my own way, encourage them in it, especially those who found it stressful and, and found it, um, you know, felt like they were, they were so cloistered and so um, uh, locked down and, and people had stresses behind it. And so I was able to help a few people through it to, you know, to help them use this time to explore some avenues that perhaps you wouldn't have had time to explore. You know, like we, we all know the stories of people baking bread for the first time. But for some people, it was the first time they picked up a paintbrush. It was the first time they picked up an instrument um, or, or, or started doing private karaoke and trying their hand at singing. So for me, the, the pandemic, while it was devastating and while we lost loved ones, which was very hard and still is very hard, there were and there are and have been some wonderful takeaways from this time, from my vantage point. I know not everyone will feel the same, but it's like anything in life. There is, there is a yin and a yang to it. There is a good and there's a bad. There's always a pro and a con. And so I was able to extract from it as much of the pros of yeah. being on lockdown, being quarantined as possible. And hopefully again, pass that along to others. Thank you. What a year of firsts. Yes. Mm. William, what are you? May I also add, may I also add my, yes. that my faith um, was the other thing that for those days, now I'm, cause I did, I wanna make sure I don't make it sound like I was lovely jubbly over here and happy every day and just, right. you know, tripping through you know, my creative world, you know, there were days that I was, had to scream in Mimi's and I needed to get out of here and couldn't go and there was no place to go and couldn't right. go. And you right. know, I had the, those moments like everybody else, but it was my faith, mm. my faith in God that really kept me, kept me steady. Yeah. Oh, we all reflected so much on what was grounding. And I'm so thankful that your faith supported you through this. Yes. William, what are your thoughts? Um, first off, thank you so much for having me here again. Uh, it's always a joy, always a pleasure. For my part, I think that the pandemic impressed upon me the significance of quote unquote, the little things in our day to day. Uh, it, it taught me, for one, uh, that when something happens on a, on a scale, on a scope as vast and as uh, all-encompassingly stressful and upending to mm -hmm. our, our daily morals and rituals as the pandemic, when so much of what we assume or take for granted is just cast you know, to the side, uh, you find new significance and newfound emphasis on the small things that give you comfort or give you a sense of stability in your day. And for me, that was really what kept me going. As a therapist, it was very, very hard to, um, you know, bring that air of, of uh, understanding and empathy and stabilization to every session that I held throughout the worst of the pandemic. Yes. And so in order to, you know, keep my own self-care going, keep my own perspective 
uh, on par with what was required for my patients. Mm -hmm. That was really where I, I took the most um, <laughs> the most strength from was finding new pleasure and significance, however mundane or trivial, going for a walk in the afternoon, uh, talking to my folks on the phone in the evening, uh, you know, making uh, making clam chowder with a little extra butter inside. You know? <laughs> <laughs> however trivial, you know, yes. you take pleasure. When <laughs> and the other thing I'll add too, is that as we, you know, as the vaccine count starts to rise, as numbers, at least in, in the U.S., start to uh, dwindle, and we, we're able to, you know, return in some form to some of the things we used to do, uh, I think we also find or can find new pleasure and joy um, or new appreciation rather for things that we might not have thought about uh, as much prior to the pandemic as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. The example that I'm thinking of is um, the other weekend I went to visit my parents and uh, my mom, you know, opened up the door and said, hello, you know, come in, son. Good to see you. And I was like, I can say, don't mind if I do. I, I, yeah, it, it was a, a wonderful moment of come on in, won't you come in? We don't have to talk masks six feet apart outside for once right. when uh, you're having a, having a visit. So things like that, which really yeah. give you a, a sense of beauty and understanding, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. joy in the small. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, such a longing for those things that we were able to do so freely. You know, we need touch, we need touch. Uh, all these little things that we are now uh, appreciating in a new way. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, life, life as a clinician has been quite a challenge. So I can appreciate what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, like, like Tifei saying, joy in the small things. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sherry, what are your thoughts? on this we've had so many private conversations about the challenges of being a clinician through this pandemic it, maybe even to amplify what william said is um this has been a very challenging year and i have gotten so many clients um due to the stressors of covid right and it's been very um I really appreciate um, the opportunity to be able to hold space for folks and also recognizing the importance of me taking care of myself in order, not even just in order for that, but especially in order for to be present for my clients, right? Yes. Um, and it's been um, tremendous to see what progress has, um, has come for each individual client, right? Yes. Um, and I stress a lot Something William, something William kind of said too. Uh, on the line, on the line of that, saying like, I always talk about what has been going well, and uh, big or small, and small doesn't mean insignificant. Right? Yes. So I was really like, let's talk about that. Let's amplify that. Right. Yes. As we, you know, hold space for what is still challenging, what is going well, what mm -hmm. is helping shift us thinking differently, operate differently, especially during this time. Yes. Um, and even just personally, if you say amplify something that Tifa mentioned, like, um, you know, my, um, my spiritual work, um, being connected with, you know, my ancestors has been tremendous. 
in order to assist me um, uh, to take care of myself and then be present for others. Uh, yes. And when I felt comfortable to get out in the natural world, being able to take those walks, maybe it put just up and down the street, right? Or early in the morning and seeing like the squirrels just being joyful and you know, <laughs> seeing the beautiful flowers, things I would have driven past in my car yes. on my way to work. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this has been here this whole time. Like, you know, just the joyousness of being being able to take in those moments. So um, I I am I have gratitude for being mm -hmm. able to slow down this year mm -hmm. to be able to take in some of these things that were kind of off my radar, right? Yeah. So, so focused on, I gotta get here, I gotta get here. What about this paperwork? I gotta get this done. Um, how, I know I'm speaking from a place of privilege where I had the ability to slow down and take in these moments, right? Um, but I'm also grateful that I was able to take advantage of that. So, so those are my thoughts of this, of this year. Yeah, so many things and it's so layered. And I, I am thankful to hear you share about how important it was and, and always is to invite uh, someone whose healing journey we're supporting to reflect on what's going well. What's going well and build from there. You know, and I, I can relate to all that slowing down as well, you know, being able to go for more walks and nature, nature was celebrating that the humans were inside. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, before we move forward, I want to welcome someone that I love so dearly, Pastor Kelvin Sauls. I am so thankful that you're here with us today. Uh, throughout this pandemic, uh, you know, both in private conversations as well as through his podcasts and his participation in this one where, you know, he joined on a day that we focused on the role of, of uh, spirituality to move through crisis. Uh, I'm so thankful that you're here, Pastor Sauls. We're now you know, reflecting on, you know, what stood out for us through this pandemic and that we have chatted about in this uh, unexpected, unexpected podcast. <laughs> Jump in and, and, and share with us what has stood out for you in this journey that we've been experiencing. Well, good day, everybody. It is so good to see you and just glad to uh, be in the midst uh, of, uh, of this circle of wisdom and, and TLC. There you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> just appreciate it and glad to be with you. Uh, yes. I mean, first of all, thanks for the invitation to uh, be part of, you know, the episode around spirituality. Um, and uh, um, that was just a great experience with uh, my brother and colleague from uh, Panama, you know, yes. who was so persistent, you know, uh, because we had technical issues. Yes. Issues, but he was, he, he was kept going back. He was right there. And I was just so uh, uh, encouraged by, by that. End. Mm -hmm. And 
Africa and all that. But, you know, uh, uh, yes, a very tumultuous year, uh, uh, a very dangerous year in so many ways, uh, a very difficult year, dynamic year, uh, but also a year, I think, filled with so much opportunity for uh, listening, right? Uh, uh, learning, and I think most of all, leveraging. And uh, I think that's that's kind of sums up for me, you know, what this year was about. Um, I think, you know, however painful it was, it was also very meaningful for me in so many ways because it just really invited us all uh, into a... Uh, in into a pause that the RSVP for, right? You know, uh, it was almost like a forced pause, if you Yes. Will. And you're right, but, uh, I mean, nature rejoiced uh, when we, you know, had to go into quarantine, you know, and now they are terrified because we're coming back out. Lord have mercy, <laughs> right? So <laughs> everything, everything crazy is up, you know? Yes. And, and know the, you know, uh, the, the animal kingdom and, and earth itself, they're having council meetings everywhere saying, oh my goodness, y'all prepare, okay? Yes. <laughs> Don't stay out too late, you know, just because if you encounter human, they're out, they're back, you know. Right but you know, one of the, uh, the, 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 the learnings for me uh, um, uh, was just, you know, um, this pandemic in so many ways uh, has revealed uh, so many epidemics, right? Yes. That took place or that was going on that we have just normalized. We've just kind of, it's just been rolling under the radar. Uh -huh. and we've just accepted it almost, you know? Uh, so, um, and, and so it has just really, you know, uncovered unleashed, if you will, you know, uh, just so many structural challenges, you know, uh, in terms of uh, 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 policies and politics that has been just uh, uh, anti-Black on an ongoing basis. And I'm talking globally now. Yes. Because uh, whether I was speaking with folk in Panama or in South Africa or in Namibia, you know, uh, or in Ghana, this pandemic adversely affects, you know, uh, black folk uh, like never before. You so uh, you see in terms of that, it was just amazing from South LA to South Africa, yeah. you know, uh, um, and to you know from uh, uh, from 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 suburbia, you know, um, to the indigenous peoples, you know, uh, in in Namibia, the Khoisan people, you know, who this pandemic pushed almost onto the brink of, of starvation, right, you know, around it. So, so, so structurally, it has been very revelatory. Um, and of course, then in May, you know, that catalytic, painful, uh, uh, um, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, catalytic event that took place in terms of the public lynching, right, of, uh, of George Floyd, you see, uh, that for me, just really communicated, as Reverend L. Sharpton said in his in his in his eulogy, you know uh, how uh, the 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 
the knee of, of imperialism, you know, uh, racial capitalism continues to be on the neck of black folk all around the world. All around the world. So, so, so people could march everywhere around that because they, they knew, you know, uh, uh, what, what happened. So, uh, uh, so structurally, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, personally for me, it, it really just helped me, you know, really do some introspection around, you know, how I do what I do and reflection on what I've been called to do. You know, uh, it, it gave me a, a new perspective on self-care, right? Uh, and that's why I keep saying self-care is the best care, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, enabled me to, to really, you know, reflect on, you know, how I, how I need to continue to pursue alignment as well as fulfillment in what I do, you know, uh, around this uh, work. So, so personally, it's been very, very, you know, powerful. Spiritually, it's been, you know, uh, uh, awesome because why, while quarantine, now we were able to connect you know, with so many different, you know, uh, experiences for spiritual growth, you know, uh, and, and so that's just been great, you know, yes. focus on seeing how you can connect with the divine in so many different ways. There is just not one way. And I, I, I was just ecstatic about, about that because it really challenged people who are worshiping the building, right? <laughs> Instead of, you know, uh, God or the divine or the creator, you see mm -hmm. what I mean? Now we were pushed to figure out a way uh, to look for holy for holy touch uh, through, you know, uh, uh, through high tech, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so many folk had to get with the program. Uh, otherwise, you will you would have really chosen to be left behind. I mean, there was no choice. It's okay. not well. Will you join? Can you please, no, if you, if you ain't going to join, you out. I mean, it was just it, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, when I went to church, I would take a survey and then have a meeting and then, no, 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 no. The last 12 plus months, it was like, you know what? You need to get with it or you're out. Mm. The train is leaving the station with or without you. Mm. And it was great to just see how so many people tapped in, you know, uh, on that. And I don't think that, you know, uh, 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 we've done getting to know and understand the impact of, you know, uh, all the layers of COVID-19. But one thing is for sure, normal, you can't, we can't go back to normal anymore. Right. Uh, uh, because we have these preconditions around COVID-19 that were structurally, socially, politically, spiritually, you know, uh, 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 um, just so off kilter, you know, as it relates to 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 us, uh, that to this whole thing about can we just get back to normal? Can we just you know, <laughs> uh, 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 we can't go back to normal. Uh, and I hope that we can have the courage to reimagine a new normal uh, uh -huh. of a more healthier, a more just, a more equitable, uh, and a more thriving, you know. Uh, more thriving families, communities, uh, 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 countries, and continents. I mean, Absolutely. that's what I'm looking forward to. What uh, what the fight the fight is going to be, 
uh, and that fight starts with how we allow ourselves to be liberated and free, you know, uh, from whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, mentally, emotionally, socially, you know, uh, that's been, you know, uh, holding us down and holding us back and yes. thinking and, and, and giving us the, the illusion that it's okay to normalize our abuse, our pain, our struggle, our, you know, whatever it is that we have to, whatever we have to deal with. So, um, uh, um, so looking forward to see, you know, you know, uh, you know, what's next mm -hmm. and not just to see what's next, but to participate in creating uh, uh, what should be next. Yes. Thank you for your words. And, you know, you, you've touched on so many of the things that were reflected on throughout uh, these episodes of this podcast, which began as a way of, you know, supporting each other and examining the intersection between the pandemic and social injustice affecting us all, not only locally, but globally. And so we went very deeply into that and I'm thankful for it and for your role in, in helping us think out loud about how introspection has been prompted in this pandemic. And for many people, a sense of spirituality has been strengthened. And so, you know, it's setting the tone for, for, for us to reimagine uh, life moving forward, recognizing that what was problematic before the pandemic continues to be, and is even more so, and we can play a role in transforming that. Uh, hence the name transforming the world, yeah. you know. Um, thank you so much for that. I would like to invite Anaida to join in sharing. Anaida was with me on the very first episode, which happened in Spanish and the following week in English, the same group. And that's what made it so that the podcast exists both in English and in Spanish. We try to have uh, every week the equivalent conversation in the other language. <laughs> and so Anaida joined us with her wisdom on, you know, those disparities you were talking about, Pastor Sauls, but in the world of education. And so Anaida, please share with us what's happened uh, for you since then. Well, hello everybody. And thank you for um, having me join you. Um, I think it's been mentioned before and for sure, nature said, stop, halt everything. Mm -hmm. And as reflection in a mirror, we need to take a look at ourselves. Uh, and that was very, very clear. And for a lot more than a quarantine period, you know, that we think of uh, typically, we thought, oh, this will be over in a couple months. But no, that was not enough because this, um, this pandemic allowed us to not only halt and take a look at ourselves and the inequities that exist in our society, the digital divide, the society that we live in 
around the world where there are these blatant inequities, um, poverty and racism and sexism, all that just seem to be so much more obvious um, because everybody stopped and had to take a look. And, you know, we were able to be on online, we were able to be on TV and even see things that maybe if we were out and about, we wouldn't notice. Um, so certainly as, as um, the Reverend mentioned, nature was happy. And as you mentioned, Melissa, nature was happy because I, I was watching the birds, they were having a blast, you know, yes. right out my window. They were having yes. babies and having a great time. Um, <laughs> the, the water, the fish were coming back uh, because those big ships were now polluting everything. I mean, there's just so many things that happened yes. as Paulo Freire says, um, untested feasibility, the silver yes. lining, the things that could happen if we allow them to, uh, in positive ways to make the world a better place. Yes. The, the, the things we were doing to nature, the harm, you know, uh, we, once we, humans were out of the picture, nature took over and was able to flourish but um, we had a lot of lessons learned this year. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just hope that we remember because sometimes we forget. Mm -hmm. I think it's been really important to have that long year because the longer it is, the more we can remember. Um, in education, uh, as well as in all fields, there are so many things that were learned about our resilience our children's resilience, the teachers, the yes. ability to learn in different modes, hard as it was to be able to have our creativity come to the forefront on how we can take kids who are in kindergarten for the first time learning in a classroom, do it virtually. Yes. Very challenging for teachers, yes. but it was done. And for parents to see that learning happened, even though it was very challenging for the parents uh, and other caretakers. The fact that they could see what their kids were doing every day was an amazing thing. Yes. Also, the fact that teachers could take a peek into the lives of children at home was an amazing thing. You know, to be able to see the diversity of the homes, what's going on in those homes. Mm -hmm. and the kinds of relationships that our children are in. Yes. Um, those were amazing lessons. I don't think those will be easily forgotten by those educators. Um, and so there were so many ways that we could learn about ourselves mm -hmm. and see who we really are, what we are capable of, how creative we can be. Mm -hmm. how we can survive under dire circumstances. Oh, yes. So much learned. And also to look at the world as ourselves and to see what's going on in other parts. And again, the privileges we have and the inequities that exist and how we can create a more balanced, equitable, equitable and humane world. There's the potential for that. And so I, I hope that we don't forget. I'm hopeful that you know, these lessons will last and that um, we can continue to build for more equity and more um, health and more, um, um, not, you know, the gaps are so great in every area, in health, in wealth, in, in so many, in, in 
technology. I'm hoping that this allows for more of a balance in the world so that people can have a fair chance at, you know, having a happy life. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for your words. You know, may we remember, may we, may we remember uh, what reflections emerge through this process so that we recognize what we have inside that will serve a new vision of uh, our communities. You know, I, I, I'm with you, I'm with you. And uh, the resilience that we've discovered that we have in this process. I want to invite uh, more of the artists in this group to share about the healing power of the arts. We could not have moved through this pandemic without the arts. It simply is not possible. I have a bias, I will admit, that learning uh, about pain and healing cannot be done without the arts. It simply cannot be done. I wanna, I wanna invite Oscar to jump in we had a beautiful conversation on, on the day of, of our podcast episode about the art sustaining life. We even, we even danced during the conversation, <laughs> a little salsa moment. And, and I wanna say, you know, I'm thankful Oscar and other musicians in this uh, group for your music. Music is medicine. And last night we had a chance to get a, another taste of Oscar's uh, medicinal music uh, when we were watching In the Heights. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it's, I'm still reeling from watching this because it spoke to, to my heart and, 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 and the heart of, of the group of us watching the movie where we saw so much of ourselves and uh, not only our lives in our countries of origin, but what it's like to come to this country, the US, and recreate community. And music is such a central part of this. So we're going to move from one Boricua, Anaida, to another Boricua. Oscar, jump in. <laughs> Gracias, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you for inviting me. And uh, thank you exposing me to a room of uh, beautiful and positive people so I salute you all and uh, thank you for letting me share a little time with you and uh, it's a beautiful forum it's a beautiful uh, example of you know uh, what we have to offer in terms of our perspectives with this incredible you know time that we've been going through but I, I think I speak for everybody when I say, first and foremost, you know, my heart, our hearts go out to the people who've been personally affected, you know, people who have had people who've died or gone through serious illness through COVID. So I think that's the first thing that we have to acknowledge. And uh, I mean, I personally wasn't affected in that light, thank God. But uh, I certainly could relate to the people who've gone through that, you know, experience, which has got to be, you know, you know, uh, so awful and uh, brings into perspective how awful this pandemic is for sure. Yeah. But in terms of me, if you had told me six months prior to the pandemic that I'd be 
collecting unemployment, I would have said you're crazy. It's something I've never done in my life. Right. But uh, I was fortunate to, because I saw all my work in, in February. Uh, I saw my dates, my concert tours. I had a concert tour in, in Europe, just come off the board. And my opportunity to, to uh, earn a living and be able to, you know, uh, take care of the comforts of what I need to be able to move forward in my life disappearing. So I had no recourse but to, you know, apply for unemployment. And, I, and I've collected, you know, as most musicians, not, not most musicians, some musicians, it was a huge uh, positive thing for me. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that was a, you know, slap in the face in terms of reality about the pen pandemic for me. But I think that uh, I made a, a uh, to not stop being creative. Uh, I think it just affected me that way. I, I was a little angry at first in terms of like seeing my dates come off the board in terms of earnings, seeing how we were beginning to be affected by this situation that we had no control of. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I just said, what can I do? What can I do? But I realize now, and looking back, uh, I just jumped in. And I got all these, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very blessed to know a lot of creative people, a lot of really super high achieving people in terms of music. And uh, I, you know, I called on them and said, jump on, jump on this bandwagon with me and, and let's keep creating, which is what I did. Two weeks after the pandemic, I created my first virtual video. Uh, I reached out to musicians that I know, I said, hey, you know, and they say, yeah, I could record from home, you know, musicians who have the ability to record from home, uh, which is not something they always did, but now they're realizing this is something they had to do. And yes. even musicians who had no clue how to do it were asking, how can I do this? What do I do? You know, what do I need to buy? You know, and everybody got on board with that aspect of how to record from home, including me. Uh, so <clears throat> I got a lot of people on board and I started creating virtual videos, uh, of music yeah. that I was offering, you know, as an example of the creative spirit being out there and tangible to the world, so the world could see. Uh, I, I, I didn't do it consciously, it's just something that I did. It just, that's, I reacted this way. And I gotta tell you that <clears throat> it got to the point where I even produced my first record, Long Distance. <laughs> amazing. Uh, it's amazing. amazing. I produced my first recording, all done long distance from New York to LA. Uh, I sent the tracks. I got, a, 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 this was a, a vocalist that I uh, know from New York. I'm living in LA, but he's in New York. And, and he said, you know, I, I did the arrangements. I sent it to the musicians, little by song by song. We got it all back. And then finally I heard the tracks. I went like, wow, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's just like, I'm, I'm blown away. And for me to be blown away, I'm going like, Jesus, so I, I, then I had, when the pandemic was finally, uh, when did I go? We're in March, I think in, in February. I went, finally went to New York. I, I had gotten my vaccinations and I jumped on a plane, went to New York, did the vocals with him and background vocalists and the project was complete and it now sounds amazing. I can look back as to something I did during the pandemic that was like so incredibly creative. So... <clears throat> I wow. vow not to let it stop me, you know, what I do. Uh, 
obviously we've all been affected by this and and again it it sucks that you know we've had to you know this thing forced upon us and we certainly i would be remiss if i didn't point out you know the galvanizing politically of what happened you know yes. <laughs> in this country you know the last election and all the stuff that was happening before that we were able to witness and be home to see wait a minute we need to like we need to be involved in this in some you know shape or form and we need to have an opinion as to what's going on and and galvanize ourselves and the people that we know in terms of saying wait a minute so it was kind of interesting to see those aspects and uh, it amazes me how inhumane this world is sometimes yes i'm going like how could it how could that be i can't even fathom you know people's mentality sometimes it's my own personal opinion my hope my humble opinion but it bothers me that you know this world and this country is not better than what it should be mm. you know mm. you know this is the greatest country in the world right and you see so many shortcomings and so many failings that you know i mean la is a case in point how could you have all these people being homeless living in homeless. that's just one example really really you know that's not going to fly we need to find a way to deal with the situations in a more intelligent and a more humane way and get to another place thank you for having me that's what i'm going to say <laughs> thank you oscar and, and you know as i'm listening to you i'm thinking about how so many people no matter what their their life's work is have had to reinvent the way they do it and so for you to be recording long distance uh not only audio but video it's amazing and you know for us uh, uh therapists in this group uh the experience of of uh, having therapy sessions on screen uh while it was not something uh, entirely new before the pandemic it existed uh but to have it be the only way Oh my gosh, we really had to stretch too to try to connect in ways that that are meaningful with someone. So I think we all were stretched in many, many ways and many unexpected ones. And you know what, Melissa, the, the thing is what you're saying, and now it's here, and now we're comfortable with having that uh that aspect of how we do things. Mm -hmm move in a way that we wouldn't have had otherwise so right. it's a, it's a it's an opportunity to be thankful and grateful yes in some way to these things that you know we didn't have before we couldn't do before in this in this way but it is a positive right so mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's something to build from that's true i mean crisis is always inviting us to see what we need to see you know on that note i want to invite makisha makisha along with another uh, uh, clinician that, that was not able to join us today, uh, participated in a conversation we had during an episode we dedicated to exploring uh, the different faces of intergenerational racism. Mm -hmm. It's so connected to what you shared, Oscar, the idea that how is it possible that at this day and age, certain things are still going on? Well, the pandemic put a magnifying lens on things that uh, 
remain the same for a reason, structural oppression. So Makisha, please jump in and let's give a tidbit of, you know, things we explore in that conversation. Oh my goodness, oh, there were so many things. So many things. <laughs> um, I think uh, I just kind of want to add to what some of the previous speakers have said um, about nature coming um, alive even more. Um, I think one of my lessons uh, has been that we are not separate, that we are also a part of nature. And we saw that when we were removed. Um, we saw, we saw our, our um, effects on nature um, when we were removed from it for a while. And so I think that that's helpful for us to, um, to see and understand because that can be um, a guiding, a guidepost for us that we pay more attention to as we move forward. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I wanted to, to touch on, at least about the, the nature piece. In terms of um, um, the intergenerational racism, um, it, I think the pandemic was an uncovering. You and I talked about yes. this before. It was, yes. it was an uncovering. Uh -huh. um, and so there are more, many more things that are being seen and there are many more things that are being willing to be seen. Yes. Those, that's, that's, you know, two different things. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we can have all the videos of all the things, all the injustices and racisms that have happened across the globe. We can have that um, depicted, but we also need to have eyes that are willing to, to bear witness to it. And I think that the pandemic um, encouraged that from a lot of people um, and encouraged some introspection about how they, they may participate in, in racism, even us unbeknownst to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the 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 aspiration of America, as opposed to what America is, mm. was also uncovered more. Yes, it's going to take years and years for us to you know deprogram that, but but we have to understand that aspirationally, um, it's not it's not meeting the aspirations, and it never really has. Um, but now we're actually having more people see. That that's the case. Yes, so true. The aspirational versus what actually is. And so much has been uncovered. Uh, you know, I remember in several conversations we had over the, the episodes last year being 2020, we talked over and over again about 2020 vision. 2020 vision of what's been generations of foolishness. And uh, wow, those were some, some pretty intense conversations. You know, we are now needing to address things. You cannot turn a blind eye. And for, for co oppressed communities, we are learning more deeply about our history, which is essential to the healing process, you know? On that note, I want to invite two people on this screen who were part of an episode dedicated to um, exploring how this pandemic addresses an issue of a film we participated in about depression in the African diaspora, Tamika White and Kay Benjamin. Uh, the name of the film is The Rhythm of Blue. 
And we talked about how this pandemic is really showing how so many people have been moving through life in survival mode uh, because depression has been unattended for generations. So Tamika and Kay, please jump in with, with some, some thoughts about this that have come up for you. You wanna go first, Kay? You, you, you wanna go? Um, I've, uh, I, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you very much. So glad um, you're here. I, I was really trying to, one of the things that I've been working on is being able to listen. And, um, uh, this, uh, pandemic, one of the things that I, have found, number one, I learned something new every single day. It's like I'm a kid. Every day I'm yeah. learning something new. I, I've seen nature in, in a, as some people have already said, in a different way. Um, one of the things being so much by myself, uh, I had gone through a crisis in the beginning of the pandemic and thought I was doing quite well, and then began to think um, because of some things, um, is there such a thing as functional depression? Mm. And then a therapist put on Facebook, yes, there is. And uh, soon after that, I think the tennis player came out about some challenges that she was at. And I thought about that. And because I wasn't really interacting with people, um, I, I miss that I was depressed. I said, be, because I, I consider if I wasn't suicidal, I'm good. That was my bar line. I'm like, really? That's your bar line? But mm -hmm. what I realized I'm, I, in being by myself, and I'm a multiple, so that had us, gave us an opportunity to work some things out. And I also found that life or how I was brought up or the world of it, that I had been very well trained to push my feelings down. Mm. And uh, so we tried to open that up a little bit, but I saw with, with each trauma, and I'm a very sensitive, it might not have been a trauma for anybody else, but it was a trauma for me. I could see where the trauma, where another personality would come out. And so when I got to the place, because a lot of people were talking about my story, my story, I'm like, yeah, I have my story, but do I want it to be my story? Yes, I'm this way, but am I still choosing to be this way? Mm. And so in order to kind of get a baseline, I said my goal was to align myself with God. And I use the positive 42 principles of Mayat to say every morning, and then I put them on my video so that that's the first thing I hear. Okay, so it's not the news, it's not the bad news, because also being an empath, all mm -hmm. the stuff that was going on in Congress and made this, it was in my soul. Yes. 
you know? Mm. And so um, I was able to uh, get to the place in aligning myself as I see with God. This is all I know at this point. Um, I was able now to say that my feelings can come first. Mm. Other people's feelings do not. And what they think, we cut out the middle man. The relationship is really with me and God. Okay, so I'm allowed to feel my feelings. And that really, I, I'm not a split anymore. Um, it's, it's just been an, an amazing journey. So uh, what happened this last year will only be a tragedy if I, we are not better people. Mm. That's that would be the tragic. There. Okay, those words. That's awesome. Oh, yes. We choose if it's a tragedy or not. Thank you for those words, Kay. Thank you. You know what, Melissa? I just have to say, just to hear functional depression. Is that what you said, Kay? Pardon me. Is that what you said? Functional depression? Yeah, I thought I made it up, but apparently oh. there is such a thing. Well, <laughs> it is. It is. That's, that's pretty awesome just to hear because, I mean, I went through a, a real deep depression one time in my life, and, and I realized that, you know, even now, I, I, that's part of what, you know, I go through. Uh, and, and to hear it, you say it, I, it just resonates. Uh, and, and, and to hear what you said about your how you got over it, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for that. Thank you. Isn't it amazing how when 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 hearing something named, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Makisha, it reminds me of something I learned. I learned to think about because of your words. Uh, I learned to think about it in the way you put it. In our humanness, we are here to feel witness, to witness each other. So when Kay, you said those words and, and Oscar, those words reached you that way, gosh, I feel like I was in the presence of that. We need to feel witnessed. And in this pandemic, we truly needed that. It wasn't optional. We needed that. Wow. Mm. Tamika. Yes. Hey. There hey. We go. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. But that's Kay, beautiful queen. Um, yeah. Um, it's going to almost slightly echo the same thing because I always know that I've been a, fu a functioning depressive. Uh, because, but what the, in, in, in lieu of the pandemic, living with depression, what it allowed me to reflect on was exactly what Kay was saying. It took me very back to my childhood and revisiting that young, that young girl, that young lady, that young adult. So it was very reflective in the literal sense. 
and it allowed me to not negotiate everything that I was feeling. I was always in constant negotiation with myself as a depression as uh, growing up of like, oh no, you're not really, I feel something, but I feel something, but, and I'm constantly having negotiated in the name of maybe family, in the name of school, because all of these rules, all of these things that we have to follow to function in the world, in society, because uh, otherwise there'll be chaos, you'll be some crazy sycophant, you'll just be out of control, you'll be mm -hmm. an angry black woman, mm -hmm. you'll do all these things that whatever somebody's stigmatized you with, labeled you with. And I bought, I think I've worn every single one of those labels for someone else. I negotiated that contract for someone else. And I got tired of that. And that pandemic allowed me to just kind of think all the way down only to rise back up. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to say, how am I not going to be angry about that? How am I not going to feel something about that? If I fall into the sunken place and I hear somewhere back in my head uh, from family members, from my mom, or my girl, girl ain't nothing wrong with you. Yeah, there is something wrong with you. You're hurting, you're in pain, you are this. Am I mad at God today? Because I have been mad at God several times. So to, and, and you're not supposed to go do that, especially growing up in the black church, because that's blasphemy. I'm feeling all of it and I own it. So what the pandemic allowed me to do in depression, instead of using the words, watching my language. I don't suffer from depression. I live with depression. I am a person that, and, and I'm not ashamed to actually say that because we were so ashamed to say that. It's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to be a strong black woman all the time, all day, every day, 24 seven. I am tired uh -huh. of trying to hold up the mantra of being a strong black woman. Right. I am strong. And I'd like to think I'm a relatively educated woman, but like Kaysa, I was learning something new about myself, other people, my environment every day. And I took that as a gift. Mm -hmm. I took it as, even if I did the follow with, how come I didn't know that? Okay, you did, that's okay, you didn't know that. That's okay, you didn't know that. You know it now and amen, hallelujah for that. Mm -hmm. So I was able to celebrate the fact that I am a functioning depressant in this world. My creativity was able to go from non-existent to what I like to think flourishing, even in something as an actor for self-tapes. How many self-tapes? Because that's the new world that we live in now. We're going to live online. We're going to do everything virtual. I just completed a regional Broadway show online. I just completed it. Wow. Set pieces being shipped to me, costumes being shipped to me. I became, and I talk about a, really appreciating what other people do on the other side of the artistic table, like our crew people, which I can say I've done before, but I was a technician. I was a DP. I was an editor. I had to learn how to do those things. And I really found out, yeah, you've been this strong black woman all this time but you really finding what you made out of. And I was like, thank you, pandemic. And yes, I looked at the losses and I looked at the numbers and I looked at this person that we had in office. I looked at the election. I looked at, I looked at George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and I, I looked at all of it and I allowed myself to feel it. 
because yeah. I too am an empath. And I too am a person that's passionate and care and wants to fight and was in the trenches and fight. But I used to negotiate with myself, like, is that okay? Were you doing too much? Is that stepping on someone's toes? Can you take that into the workplace? Can you take that into the classroom? Can you do this? And I'm a stand-up comedian. What can I say? What can I not say? Well, these are things that's gonna help feed my soul. So I'm not gonna censor this anymore. I'm not gonna put any type of kibosh on my life because that's all I've been doing. So the thing that walked away from me, the reflection, was let's go back to that little girl that brought and everything that brought you joy in the first place in this pandemic. And I would actually have to thank the pandemic for allowing me to take a hard look. I mean, a real hard look yes. at myself yes. without yes. any yes. censorship because everything that brought me joy, I was beginning to step away from. I gave myself dance parties just because during the pandemic. I too was celebrating within the heights. And I was like, oh my gosh, my Afro-Cuban and Latina ex-people, yes. yes. I was just yes. celebrating. I saw all of the flags and I was like, yes, because I have had the beautiful pleasure of being in, in, in the presence of all of these people from Dominica to Cuba to Mexico. It did, I was like celebrating just being me and stop yeah. apologizing and negotiating while I'm living with this thing called depression. So oh, that was oh, my reflection. Yes, yes. yes. my gift. And I said, if I, and, and yes, if there was something from another white person asked me to tell them how to, I don't want to tell you how to do anything else. Google it. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do for you. But I, even if I've been friends with you for 20 plus years, I don't want to talk to you. I still got to teach you how to fix this situation that me and my people have been going through for 400 years. Pick up a dog on Wikipedia. I don't know what to tell you because I cannot anymore. So that's what I learned to stop apologizing. I am walking these virtual rooms with so much confidence. If I don't book this job, so be it. Let the chips fall with their mom. You're talking to yes. a woman that's been has on life that gets no ever five minutes ago. I'm constantly getting rejected because mm -hmm. how dare I darn near at the age of 50 in, in November, you have the audacity to still take on the craziest industry, I like to think, called <laughs> entertainment. But thank God for clinical professionals who step away and provide affirmations tools, languages, and, and information. You, I, I took on the 21-day meditation. It made a difference. I was literally getting up and looking forward to hear that in my voice because that's too how I started my day. So I reimagined me. Mm. And that was the gift. Oh. That's the reflection. And I Love said it. no more of this, this apologizing, this negotiating, and seeing if I'm being okay for you. Whether you're black, white, straight, gay, I have to know that I'm more than enough. And whether you know, because I don't have the world depressed at work tattooed on my forehead, you don't know that unless I share. But I know that. Mm -hmm. I know the trauma that I had as a child, but that's not who I am. That's not my story. That happened. I don't ignore it. I own it. But that's not who I am. Yes. Who I am is 
a pretty awesome human being. And well. I can't, I pretty <laughs> let you know who I am, but I got to show up and show you. Yes. And give myself permission to do that. So, Monica, you going to have me pull out my, uh, you're going to have me pull out a tambourine, girl. We okay, let's do it. Listen, Cherry was saying between you and Kay, we're going to have to pass a plate. She said functioning depression. I could totally relate. And I, there was a time I was really depressed in my life. But um, the other side of that is, and I came from really dire circumstances. I, I grew up in the South Bronx, family of love, and I'm welfare, really poor. So I also have four Grammys that I've won right here to my left. So I'm a high achieving person. And I deal with a lot of high achieving people. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful thing to see you know, the, the dynamic of both the opposite things that could be part of our lives still. And yes. still be high of achieving and still be kick-ass. Yes. You know don't, don't mistake me. I am kick-ass. Yes. So, uh, and, and I have no problem with telling people because you do have to tell people. You have to remind them and you have to hit them over the head with it sometimes. They have no freaking clue. Mm -hmm. So God bless you, Tamika. You're on the right track. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you for the for those words, Oscar. I, I think it's so precious to hear over and over again that this pandemic is helping us recognize our unique uh, gifts that we're not here by accident and to be unapologetic about it. Uh, with all the healing that needs to happen and that the pandemic is making more visible, the individual healing, the community healing, uh, the national healing, this hopefully is shaking us up into recognizing that we must amplify our gifts. And that involves being unapologetic, like you were saying, Tamika, and like you were saying, Oscar, uh, kick ass. 
Just do it. Just do it. We need yeah. to, we need to, to, to be here fully, but to do it, healing needs to happen. Healing needs to happen, and it includes going deeply into our history of trauma, of pain, of moving from one generation to the next. Pastor Sauls, uh, during the, the chat, was talking about, you know, frozen pain and functional depression. Yes, Makisha, you said it beautifully. Uh, yes, it is. Through the lens of trauma, it is. And for oppressed communities that have not received attention for all the pain that's happened for centuries. Yes, that is functional depression. We are frozen in time, in our bodies even. So we need to go deeply into this healing so that we can amplify our gifts. Yeah. Uh, I think the pandemic is inviting a shift, huge shifts in every kind of context we, we can think of, you know, and, and these uh, 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 shifts don't happen smoothly, but they're necessary. Tamika, when you said thank you to the pandemic, I was, I was just so heartened by it because gifts don't all come in delightful packages. The pandemic is right. not delightful. Oh, but we needed it. Yeah, yeah. We needed it. We need yeah. it. And exhaustion, exhaustion, exhaustion. I mean, talk about burnout. We know burnout. And the oppressed communities are not the only ones that need to heal. So are the uh, people that are, are part of generations of oppressing others. Oppressing is not accidental. Just like us oppressed communities have inherited stories of how to be in the world, so have people who have been in the oppressing community. Uh, we all need to go deeply into our histories, all of us. Yeah, yeah. All of us. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Melissa, uh, uh, um, you know, Tamika talked about, I started it well, they took it to a whole nother level, I tell you that. And, 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 that's, and that's, for me, that's the beauty of, of catalytic leadership. So, uh, but I wanted just to share a couple of thoughts. One, uh, when Tamika said, you know, a thank you for the pandemic. I mean, <clears throat> uh, I always say that, you know, do not ignore your pain because pain, you know, uh, is a path to new possibility. Pain is a path to new discovery. Uh, and so, you know, when we ignore our pain, you know, we, we, we don't get to discover more about ourselves, more about our circumstances right. and more about where we need to be going and can go. So I think that's very, very important, you know, uh, for us. Uh, um, I shared a little bit about, you know, uh, spirituality and religion. And uh, as a pastor and a person of faith, I'm grateful for the role of the black church, but I'm also aware of the, 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 the destruction uh, uh, and the pain that the black church has caused, and in so many ways continue to cause, especially in the area of you know, uh, uh, sexism, in the area of you know, homophobia, uh -huh. and in the area of xenophobia. 
Um, so, so I think we need to just be aware, you know, uh, of that, 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 that there is the, uh, uh, the reality of the black church, then there is the aspiration of the black church. I think as somebody mentioned in terms of how we have to look at, you know, uh, the, the United States, <clears throat> you know, uh, but in so many ways, uh, 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 religion has been, has been built on what I call the industry of guilt. You see, spirituality invite us into a deep and vital relationship with our creator. So, so, so being angry with God uh, is, uh, for me, is an ex as a healthy expression, you know, uh, of how we continue to deepen our relationship with God and with our creator. So this whole illusion you know, uh, uh, oh, you can't be angry at God. It's just, it's just a fallacy because if you look at the Bible, which is one of many sacred, sacred texts, mm -hmm. you know, you will find a lot of people who are angry at God, you see, uh, uh, and question God and, and all of that. I liken it to, you know, when I would be angry with my parents, but I never stopped loving them. When I would disagree with them, I never, I didn't start hating them. You know, uh, <clears throat> when I would engage them around a disagreement, you see, uh, um, uh, it just deepened our relationship. Uh -huh. and I think that's how it is, you know, with the divine. That's what spirituality, you know, uh, can do for us. And so I do think that there's a difference between black church and black spirituality. Black spirituality goes much deeper, you know, uh, and invites us to, to even deep reflections in such a way that we mm -hmm. actually don't have a problem even you know, criticizing the reality of what the black church is, but we invite the black church into its aspirational, you know, uh, 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 vision of where uh -huh. we need to be going. And so yes. that's that's what I celebrate, you know, uh, just about, you know, uh, the transformation, the evolution, yes. you know, of what spirituality, especially black spirituality, you know, uh, can uh, can be about. And and it, and 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 it, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't have so much uh, uh, to do with you know linguistics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but everything has to do with with, uh, 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 with how we are able to connect with each other spiritually and not just linguistically. So right. I can be in Haiti where they worship in Creole, right? It's linguistically you know uh, foreign to me, but spiritually I'm able to connect with how them folk are moving and singing yes. and, and whatever. And I'm speaking yes. out of experience now. Yes. I've been to Haiti you know, several times. And I think that's what we need to invite people in around, you know, uh, 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 what this is all about. And that's why I do believe that, you know, out of all, you see the, 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 the experiences we have on the, on the liturgical, you know, Protestant calendar, you know, Christmas, uh, 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 as well as, you know, Easter, for me, Epiphany and Pentecost are probably the most powerful ones, you see, uh, uh, because Pentecost really was saying to us that, that the Holy Spirit has the ability to break through any and all barriers, you see, and dem democratize, democratize our access to the divine in ways that we've never you know, uh, seen, seen before. So I want to invite us, you know, I think into uh, that Pentecostal way of living, you know, our faith, 
uh, which is, you know, uh, uh, which always calls us, you know, uh, deeply into our humanness, yet beyond our humanness to be able to connect with the divine, with authenticity, you know, and with vitality. Thank you for sharing this, Pastor Sauls, because it really invites reflection about how in all areas uh, we, we stand to grow. Uh, for people who are very connected to a sense of spirituality and they're connected to a religious community, uh, who says that those are not spaces where growth can happen, transformation can happen, you know, becoming more aware of the different ways in which different cultures uh, live that experience and that it can be a part of the healing process. Yes. I would like to invite you, Jake, to, to join this reflection by sharing some things that not only uh, you said during the episode uh, we had together about burnout, but because you, you work in an environment that's all about social services, and the people that are providing the social services are also in need of their own healing. Uh, people are exhausted. And as a leader, you have been so involved in the wellness of, of the people that you work with. Please share a little bit about that. Well, thank you again for having me and um, I really want to say how much I appreciate hearing all of the different perspectives um, in terms of, you know, how each one of uh, the individuals have expressed um, how they've been uh, dealing with this pandemic and um, how it's affected them individually. Um, so with regard to my um, situation at work, um, what I can say is that I have a renewed appreciation for the uh, things that are espoused by um, the county um, that's kind of written into policy. Um, first and foremost, uh, the notion of tolerance um, because um, our uh, workforce is so diverse and um, there are so many different cultures. And I, I can even see that you know, in my office Mm -hmm. or I'm the district director and I have, um, you know, various um, uh, ethnicities um, who bring uh, their uh, different um, thoughts on uh, how things should be. Um, and uh, with that, I've learned that while some people may appreciate science mm -hmm. and the need to get vaccine, some people have their thoughts on why they shouldn't get vaccinated and the thoughts vary. And um, while I may be a proponent of getting vaccinated, I have to truly um, appreciate um, why other individuals have their reasons for not getting vaccinated. And that even extends beyond work. Um, I've noticed that my friends and family members have different perspectives on what's going on. And um, while I consider myself someone who's open, um, I guess um, 
that even though I've had this notion of wanting to be open and self-professing that I'm open, I would still cling on to those old ways that I've had um, just by, you know, my, my um, influences uh, or my predispositions to certain things like music. So I have my preferences and maybe my biases. Um, but I think that in reflecting on what's been happening, um, mm -hmm. I've been able to see how um, I've, I've grown. You mentioned growth. I think that I've grown um, and now I'm becoming um, more tolerant or I'm listening more and I'm maturing um, just oh. in um, allowing myself to hear different perspectives and, and to not be so judgmental. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I'm 60 years old and I'm, I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And uh, I think someone mentioned the word hopeful. Um, it's it's kind of hard for me to be hopeful um, when I see so many things happening today that I thought I'd never see in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the old axiom, those who um, don't remember the past or doomed to repeat it. Mm. Uh, I, you know, that has a, a renewed, that has a whole new meaning for me mm -hmm. uh, because while I would hear it in the past now, I really do kind of look at how the things that happened in the past are actually happening again. I, I, I visited the Museum of Tolerance many years ago and I remember seeing a, a video, a short clip on how propaganda was used um, in World War II or in Germany to um, um, dehumanize the Jewish people. And when I saw that being um, shown in a way how, you know, they became caricatures and then ultimately they literally showed uh, rodents. And I said, that could never, as a, as a species, we're too smart, we, we're evolving, that can never ever happen again. We're, we're just too smart. We're, 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 we're becoming too sophisticated and intelligent through our just natural you know, evolution. And, and, and today to see some of the de-evolution happening and um, the terrible things that are going on, uh, mm -hmm. And Mr. Saws, I, I know you kind of alluded to some of some of the racism and some of the terrible things that are going on. And I know from a biblical perspective, you know, there are things like, um, you know, teachings about wars and, and humor and rumors of wars and all mm -hmm. of these tragic things happening throughout throughout, um, you know, the existence of of, of, of humanity. But um, I don't know. Should I take an a pessimistic approach? Should I take an optimistic approach? I'm huh. somewhat confused. Um, I consider myself a gregarious person. I like seeing social interactions, but then I'm a self-professed shy person. I don't usually um, talk a lot. I, I just kind of like doing things in the background. Um, for example, um, since working for the county, I probably volunteered to um, put on um, so many different events, dancing. I love dancing. So I've, I've, I've put on like 15 different dance events. And it's I therapy. do that. Yeah, I do that, but I'm not the most social person. 
Um, I'm gregarious, but I'm not interacting with people during the event. But I just like doing that just to see people laughing and smiling and getting together. And so what this pandemic has done for me uh, is it's affected me in ways where I realized that um, I, I'm not able to do that. And I think it's probably had a, somewhat of a deleterious effect on me. Um, while this format is wonderful, I mm -hmm. especially think it's wonderful today because it's kind of like you said, therapeutic. Um, I prefer you know, being out with people and seeing yes. people have a good time. Yes. And so, um, you know, I, you know I'll, I'll continue to grow. I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna look at this as a way of continuing to um, allow the introspection to happen. Yes. And hopefully that will, will build on my growth. Um, but um, anyways, I just wanna thank you Dr. Shepherd Williams for allowing me to participate in this. And I wanna thank you all for uh, the perspectives that you share because it's certainly adding to my, my growth. Thank you. I'm so thankful you've been here and I really appreciate that you have found this uh, pandemic experience as an opportunity to support your team in the way that you do. Uh, you know, you're talking about dancing, but, you know, I know and, and, and the people who, who know and love you uh, are aware of the lengths you go to to support the team that you work with so that they are well and so that they can serve better. And, and, and that's precious. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Speaking about music and healing, Dairene Santa Maria. You have been unstoppable in this pandemic. <laughs> Providing music that we so desperately needed to soothe our soul. What are your thoughts? Thank you so much, Melly. Thank you, thank you. It's always a pleasure being here with you. Um, for me, I've been to realize again how delicate life is. Um, even though we know it, we all know that experiencing uh, that realization at such large uh, scales was overwhelming and very scary at first uh, because there were crazy times before the pandemic, very crazy times before the pandemic mm -hmm. and only got worse with the yeah. pandemic uh, yeah. to then get better right now. And we cannot give up. We need to keep, um, we need to keep working hard because things need to get completely better. Not just a little bit better, but completely better. We need that. We need that healing. And, uh, and we all can do something about it. Each one of us can do something about that. So it's important to stay connected and to enjoy um, more things in, 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 in group. And you know, like worried about about our friends, about about our family, about about people that we care about. It's, it's good to 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 do that, and because our society always pushes us a little bit to to think just of ourselves, and um, and and that's what have gotten us all this way, all these you know, all these crazy times. But I have um, discovered uh, that I am more than grateful for the things that I have and also for the things that I lack. 
for the things that I long for, uh, because those things um, in one way or another have helped me to stay in touch with my roots mm. and with my dreams. Um, I feel inspired and uh, with plenty of strength to fulfill my dreams and to reach my goals. Uh, these um, times have been um, full of ups and downs and downs and ups and ups and down again. And um, it has been uh, very hard and difficult. And therefore, uh, this is the best time for each one of us to, to give our best to reach the things that we have always wanted and we can get. I think this is a perfect time. There are so many people that I know that that are doing things that they have they have never done before. They have always wanted to do. They're going back to school. They're learning yes. new things. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great time for 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 doing that because we have experiencing. Um, I want to say the worst. I know that many other things have happened in the in history that have been uh, catastrophic, but it's just it has been really hard. Um, and, uh, and that's what I wanted to share. So, uh, it's, I think it's a good time for us to keep, uh, striving for, for, fulfill our, our desires and our, our dreams. It's so, it's so, uh, special to hear you talk about, uh, the importance of, uh, giving attention to our dreams and, and being supported by our ancestors in the process. You know, that we can go uh, beyond surviving. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for those words, dating. I would love to, to hear your reflections, Ebony. Uh, as a fellow clinician and, and also because of, of things you've shared about the power of the arts in this healing process, which I know um, you uh, are, are really engaged with in your, in your practice. What are your thoughts? Um, well, just echoing all the gratitude that, you know, folks have for being invited. I am also very invited, very grateful. I love being in this space and hearing what everyone has to share. And I've been like, you know, writing down all the wisdoms that have <laughs> been shared here today. So thank you. Um, you know, when I think about this past year, I've been really mulling over and, and really connecting with my, with my ancestors and mm -hmm. really thinking about the resilience that they had, the ability to um, move my, uh, on my mother's side, my um, ancestors were enslaved in Barbados, right? And then they immigrated to Guyana and South America, and then they came to the U.S. and, and Canada. And, and, you know, on my father's side, uh, my ancestors were enslaved in America. And I really think about, um, the ability of them to dream and hope and envision so that I can exist yes. in whatever way that that came about like I'm yes. here and so um, I had a child almost two years ago and one of my big my big goals which is huge I don't know if I'm going to make it but I'm working towards it is for her never to experience big t trauma mm. um, 
And so when COVID happened, I was like, okay, how do I call up the strength of my ancestors to protect her from what may occur? Uh, first, the loss of her potentially, because we didn't know, uh, folks didn't know what was going on and, and just protect her mental state. Um, Emma, I am an interdisciplinary artist and, and therapist. And so I called on, on my training and you know we started painting and that was we some weeks we painted every day some weeks we painted twice a week um and then you know as i've talked about in in the other podcast you know not being able to go outside for a month when the fires happened because we were so Uh close and the air quality was not good and so how do you then you know when you can't go on a walk when you can't engage with nature what do you do to keep the mind of this next generation well, right? Yes. And for folks who are working with kids, who the kids are not necessarily showing up to the therapy sessions because it's different. It's maybe not as engaging as being right, right in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I really started to think about first, you know, my child and how do I infuse art with it, within her so that she um, has a sense of how to express herself, how to deal mm-hmm with trauma that may come up in her life, how to build that resilience, how to breathe. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of that, but then also I started to really think about um, how how do I wanna leave this world, right? There may be a lot, there is a lot happening, but there's a lot then that is required um, of me. And I I tend to think of, of many people in the world to to consider the world we want to create kind of like this idea of dreaming that Mm -hmm. uh, that you were talking about and i really appreciate that because in the midst of this and so much anxiety that i had about leaving my house just being a black person (laughs) leaving Uh my house with a child right Uh, am i going to get stopped at some point and then what would happen to my child leaving my home in the midst of air quality. Like there's so many things that I thought about in addition to COVID that I had such high anxiety that I really had to figure out not just how do I navigate this myself, but how do I not uh, allow my child to catch that? Because so many children are catching all of that anxiety and stress. Um, But also how do I create spaces where folks can um, navigate these things that will continue to come up and affect their lives, but how do we deal with healing? Uh And so that's a lot of what, you know, I thought about during this time and how I experienced uh, this past year, leaving me with, with more of action, right? How do we get into our bodies? How do I, how do we, what's my responsibility in creating those spaces and doing that work? And then how do I, uh, how do we all, how do, but me specifically, think about healing as culturally relevant? Because folks of color, Black folks, very much so, but across the board, brown and Black folks are struggling with mental health for many reasons. And is there a way for them to get in Uh that feels right for them, right? So... Um, that's kind of my meditation over this time and, and movement to action uh-huh. has been really what I've been sitting with and figuring out ways to make that happen. 
Thank you so much for those words, Ebony. I, I would like us to go deeply into that in a, in a closing reflection. And first I invite Oscar to, uh, uh, to join us as we're moving towards the end of this chat. I know Oscar, you have another commitment, so please jump in. Well, I mean, uh, Ebony, that was beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, and it's so, so beautiful to hear all the different perspectives. Um, and uh, I thank everybody for your own unique perspective and for what you brought to the table today, certainly what you bring to the table in your own lives and your own communities. It's all about community. And I could only, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I'm a white, green-eyed Puerto Rican from the South Bronx. Yo hablo español. Eso. But I could only, I could only imagine what it is to be black. How, how, what that adds to, you know, the playing field. Now, I grew up with the same sensibilities because, like I said, I grew up in, in the South Bronx. Amongst, I have many black friends. But I'm not black. But I could only imagine how is it, you know, your life out there. It's, it's, it's definitely an incredible uh, perspective. I, I, I would say, and I tell people <laughs> meet me, you don't know me, don't let the last name fool you. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I could certainly identify with everything that's been said, you know, uh, from my own experience in my own life. And, and I thank you uh, for letting me be part of this group. And, and uh, Melissa, gracias. Gracias. La <laughs> brava. So, uh, and Hopefully we'll get to, you know, now that the pandemic's over, we can, you, Brad, and I, and Sandra and the family can get together again. Yes. But I'm going to go because I have another commitment, but thank you guys. God bless you. Thank you. And I thank you, you Oscar. All the best, you know, in your, whatever endeavors you may have. All right. Thank That's you, Oscar. Thank, thank you. you. Love you so much. I am so heartened. My heart is full. Uh, listening to all of you not only today, but throughout this year that we've experienced together, uh, while it's been on screen, um, I have to admit it's definitely been part of my own healing. Uh, in this crisis we've experienced collectively and also individually. I am so thankful for everything that's been shared here Ebony, I would love to, to say uh, thank you for what you shared uh, in your life as a parent who happens to be a therapist and artist. Uh, the gift that you are sharing with your child uh, to, to build not only resilience, but the material for thriving considering that in this culturally uh, uh, informed experience of healing, we need to remember that our ancestors uh, um, had enormous strength and because of them, we're here. Still, there is so much to be addressed so much healing to be done that accounts for the functioning depression, the frozen pain, 
you know, what Dr. Joy DeGroy calls post-traumatic slave syndrome, which we went deeply into this year, as well as the pain of allies who are trying to figure out how uh, wrong narratives were passed down from one generation to the next in their own community. We all need uh, healing, all of us, all of us. And hopefully with all the things that this pandemic is uh, inviting us even now to look at, we go more deeply into ourselves uh, to find that material we have inherited from our ancestors that, that keeps us standing here now and to move forward with uh, greater connection to each other and that we support each other in this healing process because learning about our history is painful whether we're talking about it from the political point of view or any other point of view, since last year we talked so much about politics. Um, it is painful to learn about the history. It's painful to learn about all that has made uh, uh, this situation problematic. And so let's be there for each other still in every way we can think of to move forward in community. I thank you so much, all of you, for the time that you have uh, shared with us, uh, to be willing to speak publicly about your private reflections uh, in support of the community that's listening to us. Uh, I don't believe in accidents. And while this podcast was born from a need to figure out a way to be there for each other and think out loud together, uh, I guess it needed to happen. I didn't plan it and well, it happened. Uh, and I, I look forward to what more we can discover together. You're all a blessing. Thankful for all of you. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate uh, uh, all of this. You, because of this experience, you know, uh, I've it's been affirmed to me that life is not a soldier but a soldier. So mm. thank you for your ongoing comp companionship uh, and partnership as we seek to be the healing. That, yeah, that so thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank Abrazos. You. Yeah. Abrazos. <laughs> Blessings. Yes, let's, so keep, let's keep transforming the world through reflections.